Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sylvia S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Wednesday, August 23rd, 2017. Today, we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 86. It's the second paragraph that starts with unawakening. Let us think about our day. And we're going to read through two paragraphs, ending with we come to rely on it. Today's readers are Sima D on the 12 Steps, Rocky I on 12 Traditions, Christine M, and Karen T. The reference numbers for Tuesday, August 22nd, 10 a.m. Eastern Meeting is 10340, 10340. And the share ID for this morning's Eastern time is 10342, 10342. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sima D. to read the 12 steps. Sima? Hi, this is Sima M. Grateful Compulsive Overeater Living in Recovery. The 12 Steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, committed to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Sima M. I will now ask Rocky I to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. All right. Good morning. This is Rocky. I recovered in Tempe, Arizona. The 12 traditions. One, 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is one, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group will never be endorsed, financed, or lend the OA name to any related facility, outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige diverse from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group I will be fully self-supporting the finding outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such are never endorsed, no. OA as such are never or be organized, but we might create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name and never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations uh, sorry, our public relations uh, I can't read this morning, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio and film. Twelve. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you, Rocky I. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 86. We're on the second paragraph that begins with on awakening. Let us think about our day. And we will read two paragraphs ending with the sentence, we come to rely upon it. And I'm going to ask Christine M., to begin our reading. Yes, good morning, everyone. Sylvia, thanks for your service. This is Christine M., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Missouri. On awakening, let us think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. Before we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. 
For after all, God gave us brains to use. Our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. In thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. Here we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. We are often surprised how the right answers have come after we have tried this for a while. What used to be the hunch or the occasional, occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. Being still inexperienced and having just made conscious contact with God, it is not probable that we are going to be inspired at all times. We might pay for this presumption and all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. Nevertheless, we find in our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration. We come to rely on it. Okay, um, so, you know, what, what, what's sticking out to me in these paragraphs is the prayers. You know, I was taught that when you see we ask in the, in the big book um, that it's a prayer. So in the first paragraph, it says we ask God to direct our thinking, especially that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, and self-seeking motives. Then in the next paragraph, it says here we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or decision. And I was taught and um, was to invite God in in everything I do, you know. And um, God is my higher power. Um, and so I have to invite him into everything I do. Um, and, you know, it talks about considering our plans for the day. And, you know, the plans that I have, um, are a lot of times completely different than, you know, the plans that um, God has cut out for me for that day, for the work that he has for me for that day. Um, but um, I need to ask that I be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives because when I get up in the morning, I am, and it talks about on awakening, when I get up in the morning, I am, um, I, I am full of self-seeking motives, you know, I'm, because I'm selfish and self-centered. What's in it for me? What can I get out of today? And, and that helps me to invite God in and to start to be other-centered and God-centered and focus on, you know, what do you need me to do today, God, to be of service to you and to others? Um, so that shifts my thinking, you know, and it talks about an intuitive thought or decision. And, you know, if I relax, and um, I don't have to rack my brain on what to do. I just, um, when I face indecision, I just sit quietly and ask for an intuitive thought or decision. And, and you know, um, it talks about that, you know, we're inexperienced. And I know for me, I'm inexperienced. And sometimes I think something's God's will when it's not. And I'll have, you know, an absurd action or idea like the book talks about. But I do know that what is coming true for me is that as I live in steps 10, 11, and 12 and continue to grow spiritually, that um, my thinking does become on a higher plane. And um, I am able to trust my gut a whole lot more than I used to. And my gut can tell me a lot of the time, you know, when I'm doing something that I shouldn't be doing or saying something I shouldn't be saying. Not all the time. Um, but a lot of the time I'm able to be like, oh, I don't think that was God's will, um, because I automatically feel blocked. I feel this blockage there and, um, have to get unblocked. But, um, 
I am so grateful that there is clear-cut directions in this big book that tells us exactly what to do on a daily basis. I don't have to, you know, before this big book was was brought to life for me, I was kind of fumbling around in the dark looking for a light switch. Like, okay, I'm in OA, but now what? Now what do I do next? And I didn't know. And someone took the time to love me enough to take me through this book. And, you know, today I know there's clear-cut directions and I'm no longer in the dark. And um, by the grace of God, um, I don't have to die in addiction today. Thanks so much for letting me share. Thank you so much, Christine M. Okay, I'm now going to open it up for um, sharing, and I'm going to take a list of six people who would like to start. Carrie S. Carrie S. Robin B. Robin B. Okay, kids. Who we got? Mary H. Mary H. Nice to hear you. Okay. Who else? Sorry. I could take three more. Penny LC. Penny LC. Anybody else? It's awfully quiet this morning. Surprising. Brittany M. Okay, we've got Wendy M. and one other person. Uh, Brittany M. Brittany M. Okay. Thank you for filling out that dance card, kids. Okay. We've got Carrie S., Robin B., Mary H., Penny L. C., Wendy M., and Brittany M. Carrie S., let's go, and Robin, you're up next. Good morning, Sylvia. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Good morning. This is Carrie S. in Colorado, gratefully recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and these... um, the on awakening is um, is very dear to me. It's one of the first um, prayers that I memorized early on. Um, God direct my thinking, especially asking to be divorced from self pity, dishonest, or self seeking motives. But I really want to look at the next sentence. Under these conditions, we can employ a mental faculty with assurance. So that word assurance I just was called, I just grabbed the dictionary just now, um, and it is, it's so enlightening. So the definition of assurance, a positive declaration intended to give confidence, a promise or a pledge, guarantee, freedom from doubt or timidity, being timid, and so these are the conditions now, because I I get to practice this program, I get to say these prayers, I can now relax and take it easy with assurance I have this now this new confidence. And this is my experience. And it, it, takes, it takes time, it takes diligence, you know, so for to the newcomer or for the person who keeps relapsing, who, who is me, um, now I get to sit quietly when in doubt and I get to say these prayers because I get to treat this book like a textbook and I've just followed along, you know, with these, these meetings these last few years. And, and I do have to say initially when I first listened to a vision for you, the the voices didn't, I didn't, it didn't make sense to me. Everyone was so recovered and I would go to my face-to-face meetings and I didn't have that same experience. And so 
it just played kind of havoc on my brain. I'm like, those people on a vision for you, how the hell, how the heck are they all recovered? Like that's, that's not real. We need to struggle. We need to talk about our, our mess. But then the more I learned to bring the, the message to the meeting and not my mess, then I, now I'm God's agent. Now I, my daily plans are in God's hands and I don't react as much. I get to respond to life. And so if you're just coming in, just keep coming back and keep practicing. That's what we get to do. And then we'll have this positive declaration intended to give us this confidence and we'll be free from this disease. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Carrie S. Robin B., followed by Mary H. Hi, thank you so much. Um, this is Robin B. in Missouri, uh, recovered gratefully um, by God's grace and for his glory. Um, I love this, too, because I used to, um, I, I've always felt like I had a, a not always, but um, um, I'm 51, and, and for half of my life, I felt like I had a, a relationship with um, my higher power. And But I used to, um, first thing in the morning was uh, wake up, hating myself um, because I hated myself when I went to bed, of course, and because um, it, that was either because I had, you know, um, stuffed myself or, or, um, or purged or whatever I did in my, with my food. And it was also all of the shame and guilt I had of the way I treated people from the day before and just all this remorse and everything. And, and I would um, joke and say, I don't even breathe until at least seven o'clock in the morning. You know, um, there's no way there would be, a, I'm self-employed. My shop's here at home. There'd be a lot of times I'd hear my first customer point in the um, driveway and I'd jump up and throw my clothes on and, and um, out the door I'd go. Um, it's just crazy how selfish I was. And, and uh, now I, um, I, the, the morning time is, uh, it's vi- it is vital. Um, it is vital for uh, my relationship with the most important person in my whole life, you know, um, my higher power. I have to spend time with him every morning. I have to plug in. And I heard one of my favorite preachers on the radio once say that I, before I um, feed my body every day, I feed my soul. And I thought, wow, that's that's quite the discipline. And for the last five or six years, that's what I've been doing. I, I get up um, at least by 5.30, and uh, I, I wake myself instead of with the alarm that's beep, 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 you know, so annoying and just, I, you know, makes me in a bad mood from the very beginning. I use my, my um, cell phone, and I have one of my favorite um, um, songs, one of my favorite spiritual songs wakes me up every morning and I just wake up with a smile knowing that my higher power is waiting to spend time with me and um and and that he is so real and he wants to spend time with me and um like somebody said in the earlier meeting he is a gentleman he's not going to force himself on anybody and um it's just a beautiful mornings are just beautiful now um and I, it, it, it is vital for me. I, if I don't, if I don't do that, and I don't, I don't feed my body 
until I feed my soul. And um, it has made such a huge difference. And I just love this program and all it's taught me. And I really look forward to meeting everybody at convention. And I will pass. I'm Robin B. in Missouri. Thank you, Robin. Mary H. followed by Penny L.C. Mary? Good morning. This is Mary H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. And whoo, my morning didn't go exactly as planned. And I absolutely love these paragraphs. I was supposed to read it this morning and couldn't call into the line. My service provider decided this morning that I had enough calling into this line. (laughs) And then my daughter's bus comes early. So I'm saying this because on awakening, um, you know, sometimes it just doesn't go as planned. And I do need to, I love this part. We relax, we take it easy. We don't struggle. We wait for that intuitive thought. And boy, I was struggling to get on the line to do my service. But you know, it all works out. And that's what I have to remember that um, I do my part and people filled in, of course, and it works out. But I want to get back to this, more on this paragraph. I uh, This is where I learned to connect with God. This is, this is for me what it's all about, that I'm learning to hear that intuition. I, I had some connection with it before program because God was always with me. Um, but now I... I focus more on really being able to hear it constantly. And certainly in the morning is one of my favorite times to wake up before all this chaos begins. Not chaos, but life. And I sit with my dog and I have a cup of coffee and I have a beautiful view of where I live. Um, And I just kind of hang out with God for a little bit. And it makes such a difference in my day rather than getting out of bed late and just uh, hitting the ground running. I can center myself and also say some prayers about, um, you know, divorcing myself of self-pity, dishonesty, and self-seeking motives. And just uh, it's just a beautiful set of instructions. And, and that intuitive thought is certainly like it says that, you know, we... We work towards this. Um, we find that our thinking will, as time passes, be more and more on the plane of inspiration or intuition. And then we come to rely on it. And I am just finding that more and more. It's such a blessing. And when I stray and um, I'm starting to get into self-will, I just remember what a, you know what a blessing it is to have that intuition and and remember the times that I'm very connected and go, what am I doing? I you know I want to get back to that. And ah, I'm going to relax and take it easy now. And thank you for, uh, oh, and I hear the buzzer. I am, I am well trained. Thanks. And I pass. Thank you, Mary H. Penny L.C. followed by Wendy M. Good morning, Sylvia. And good morning to everyone on the line. This is Penny Elsie, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from the state of Washington. And I appreciate what these paragraphs have helped me to to do in my life, which is to have an entirely different perspective upon awakening. 
you know, I used to dread the morning. I used to be one of these people that just wanted to pull the covers back over my head and wish the day would go away. And instead, I can wake, I do, I wake up this morning with just a joy of being able to, um, you know, come alive in this beautiful world that I've that I'm living in, in recovery. Um, and I appreciate the directions in the book here because what it does is it helps me start my day in pause. You know, that's the, the most important exercise I do throughout the day is pause. And when I start my day in a pause, by pausing and bringing God into it. That just reminds me I need to pause any time throughout the day. But it's that, it's that chance of, um, to practice it right at the get-go and to be still and to allow my higher power to come into my thoughts and to just simply have a conversation with my higher power. You know, talk. God, feeling that sense of connectedness, knowing that I have a purpose in my day ahead and being able to see what God has in mind for me and how I can be of service. With all of these directions, that's what is outlined for me. And all of this supports me from avoiding all that selfishness, that self-centeredness, any of that dishonesty and all of that fear that used to rule my day. And instead, I can replace it with that hope, that honesty, that truth, that courage, that integrity, that humility that comes from putting God first. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Penny Elsie. Wendy M., followed by Brittany. Uh, yes, good morning. It's Wendy M., uh, recovered in Colorado. So happy to be on the line. And Sylvia, thank you for your service and everyone else. So many things come to me with this passage. Um, I'm just going to start with the words indecision and struggle. So I would say the best way to define my life was one of indecision. And, the, and, and I would call 10 people to find out what decision I should be making. And if that wasn't enough, I would keep calling people. Um, and the reason for that is because I wanted it all. I wanted, in other words, I wanted one thing, but I also wanted the other. I didn't want anything to be a sacrifice. I didn't want to, I had the disease of more. So the reason I couldn't make a decision, there were several reasons. One, I was not connected to any kind of higher power. Um, and the other was because I was full of fear. I just wanted it all. And a decision ma- made meant that there was something I wasn't going to get. And I wanted it all. So I, I was full of indecision. Um, and um, struggle, boy, was that a struggle. I just wanted what I wanted. Um, and I didn't relax and take it easy ever. Nothing was relaxing. Nothing was easy. Um, and the reason it is today 
is because I do something in the morning that I love, and that is that I write. And I start with gratitude, but then I go to fear. Are there any fears for the day? And if I can undo the fears, if I can go to God with the fears and get clear, what are my motives? What's going on? Um, the indecision is a lot less. It's a lot less. And the struggle is a lot less. Um, and the inspiration, the intuitive thought is coming to me all the time. And I have to say, too, that when I'm about to text something, email something, um, and I'm about to push that button, I have to pray first and say, is there self-seeking in this? Is there dishonesty? Is there self-pity? Is there control? Am I trying to control this person? What are my motives? And it is getting better and better and better. I delete a lot of my texts. Often I don't need to send anyone anything once I take a look at what my motives are. And that's all God. That is all God. It's, um, it's kind of unbelievable um, how this works. Um, and, you know, it says the occasional inspiration becomes a working part of the mind. It is. You know, God is working me. This program is working me. I'm not doing anything. I'm just showing up. I'm just into action. I'm just doing the deed. And God is working me. Um, and the last thing I want to say <clears throat> is the, um, just that before I didn't want to wake up and before I didn't want to be in the morning. And now I can't wait to, wait to wake up and be on this line and hear what people have to hear. But mainly, I am so deeply grateful that my life is not struggle, indecision, um, wrong motives all the time. So grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Wendy M. And Brittany. Good morning, Sylvia. This is Brittany, um, Recovered Compulsive Reader out of Spokane, Washington. Um, I'm excited when we started reading this this morning. I was like, oh my gosh, I just did this. I just practiced this. And um, what I'm going to um, discuss a little bit of what this, this looks like for me. Um, it definitely involves meditation and laying flat on my back and getting quiet. And I'm learning more about what this looks like. But for now, what it looks like is before I begin, I ask God to direct my thinking. And I've been told that once I ask God to direct my thinking, then I trust that what is coming afterwards is, is God-inspired. And as I lay there, you know, my mind can go a lot of frantic directions, but I've got brains to use, and I, and I intuitively know what is um, those peaceful, quiet thoughts that are likely coming from my God, my higher power. And when fear comes up while I'm laying flat on my back, God, please remove this fear from me and direct my attention to what it is you would have me be and getting really quiet when we pray you know, we're asking, but then it, it also requires listening and getting really quiet and still. And it's amazing um, what comes. Um, and then in thinking about our day, we may face indecision. We may not be able to determine which course to take. And, you know, what I'm reminded of this morning is that, but we did make a decision. In step three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. And that third step prayer, it helps me to divorce me from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. And another thing with the indecision that helps me is the, the serenity prayer, because there's a lot that I'm powerless over. And so knowing, you know, um, helping me 
asking God to help me accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know um, the difference. And uh, and that with that powerlessness, um, you know, step two, trusting that God will restore me to sanity. Um, here we ask God for inspiration, intuitive thought or decision, and we relax and take it easy. So what does that relaxing and take it easy look like? Um, on page 420 in the acceptance story, it says, acceptance is the key to my relationship with God today. Because for me, um, the, the answers may not come quickly. It's on God's time. So what do I do while I'm relaxing and take it easy? Uh, in the story, it says, I never just sit and do nothing while waiting for him to tell me what to do. Rather, I do whatever is in front of me to be done, and I leave the results up to him. However it turns out, that's God's will for me. And, um, yeah, I'm grateful to be on the line this morning and to hear you all share. Have a good day. Um, thank you. Thank you, Brittany M. We're going to now pause for a brief convention announcement. And um, Reggie O., I'd like if you could uh, unmute. Hey, good morning, Sylvia. Can you hear me? Yes. Great, thanks. Uh, good morning, everybody. This is Reggie O., gratefully recovered in the Los Angeles area. And our 2017 convention, A Vision for You, The Power of the Big Book Weekend, is happening just three weeks from this coming Friday, September 15th through the 17th, it is, in Newark, New Jersey. And you can still register through, to, let's see, today is Wednesday. You can still register through the 24th, uh, that's Friday, but that is the last day. And we've also been gifted with a few additional scholarships here toward the end, so stay tuned for just a couple of minutes for how to register or to request a scholarship. <clears throat> the convention weekend is, uh, if you're questioning whether it's right for you, you know, and you're on this line, it's really uh, it's for everybody, whether you're still struggling with abstinence or you're recovered from compulsive eating or wherever you might be in between that. If, if you're still struggling, you'll learn how the 12 steps of recovery can free you from the bondage of compulsive eating. If you're abstinent, if you're recovered, well, it's an amazing opportunity to deepen your recovery. You may, maybe you've heard stories of people who attended the last convention, <clears throat> got abstinent, whose lives were changed. I know I have. And, you know, one of these people uh, whose story really stood out for me was in a bottoming out bench when she found herself going to the vision convention. She didn't even know why she was going. Uh, she didn't know once she left, uh, left for her journey there if she would even end up there. But she did, and on the first morning, she talked to a recovered member, and on that day, experienced the miracle of abstinence, uh, and she's been abstinent ever since. She said that she came to the, she, she told me uh, that she came, she probably has shared this on meetings, but she came to the convention with a backpack full of bench foods, and she left with a big book. And this person is now recovered, sponsoring others, and a regular contributor to our phone line. So, you know, the miracle is there for, uh, the miracle can happen for anyone. For everyone, the power of the big book and the live face-to-face -face fellowship with members from all over is sure to be inspiring and certainly heartwarming and even life-changing like it was for this member. Uh, so remember, too, that you can register. You can still get there. If you haven't registered, uh, you can register through Friday, August the 24th. And to register, go to our website, avisionforyou.info. That's a vision 
the number four, Y-O-U.info, and you'll find all the convention and registration information that you need there. And if you'd like to share a ride or a hotel room with anyone, uh, there's a bulletin board um, on the website and the convention information. You can check it out there and see who is also uh, has a room uh, to share or wants to share a ride. Or you can also put your name there that you'd like to share a room. And for the In Need scholarships um, that have recently been given, uh, please email your request to fisher.kd1 at gmail.com. That's F-I-S-H-E-R dot Katie, K-A-T-I-E-1 at gmail.com. And last but not least, breakfast, lunch, and dinner on Saturday and breakfast on Sunday uh, are provided in beautiful buffets as part of your registration. So thank you, and uh, back to you, Sylvia. Thank you, Reggio. Okay, let's get back to our reading. Who would like to share on page 86 on awakening, those two paragraphs. Karen T. Sherry K. B. Anybody else? Kathleen O. Kathleen O. I could take one more probably. Ashley P. Ashley. Okay. Thank you, Ashley. So I've got Karen T., Sherry KB, Kathleen O., and Ashley P. Go ahead, Karen T. Hello. This is Karen T., um, recovered compulsive reader from Louisiana. Um, this is so important to me, this asking that we be divorced, or thinking be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Kind of the crux of the whole program right there for me. Those selfish, dishonest, self-pity, and self-seeking motives are what keep me off from my higher power. They're what lead me back to the food. Um, It's like I'm at a fork in the road, and if I go down the road of self-pity, dishonesty or self-seeking, I'll end up at the food area. But if I go the other way, the God way, asking God to direct my thinking, getting out of self-pity, getting out of Mm self-seeking, seeking to be of service, to be of maximum service to those and those around us, and the self-pity, then I go down the road that leads to recovery. And it's a beautiful garden down there. And uh, there's cool fellowship, which may or may not include Newark, New Jersey. So <laughs> those are sort of the the ways that I can go. And um, especially self-pity. They say in AA, pour me, pour me a drink. You know? And so I've changed that to OA to be... Pour me, pour me, pour me, pour me a milkshake because that's the sugariest drink I can think of. Um, and that's a binge food for me. So I cannot stay in the poor me's. I cannot stay in the self-pity because eventually my mind will say, oh, let's pour me some binge food. So um, uh, that is also really important. Um 
So, and then self-seeking is one of the words that has been um, used in very different ways in LA, but seeking self in others, looking for approval from others is one of my favorite definitions. There are quite a few. But um, looking to feel better about myself by trying to manipulate others, seeking myself in others. And that keeps me from God, definitely, because I should be seeking what God wants for me. And it doesn't matter what others think, think of me. It's all about my relationship with a higher power. So there's a lot of wonderful things to talk about in these two paragraphs, but I just wanted to talk about that sentence. God, please direct my thinking, and please help my thinking be divorced of self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Sylvia. Thank you, Karen T. Sherry KB, followed by Kathleen No. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, grateful recovery compulsive by reader. Thank you so much for your service, Sylvia. And, oh, wow. Um, I love this part of our reading uh, so much. Um, you know, um, as mentioned before, you know, the word ask means to pray, and there's so many to ask um, in these two, two, uh, two paragraphs. And, you know, a lot about thinking, too, about directing my thinking, asking God to direct my thinking, not Sherry to direct my thinking. Uh, this is no longer the Sherry show. This is my higher power. My higher power is running the show. And when I do ask God to direct my thinking, my day goes so much better, and one of the things I love here that it says is that we ask for inspiration and intuitive thought or decision. We relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. And how often, how surprised the right answers come if we have tried this for a while. Um, and, you know, just that, that a hunch that occasional inspiration gradually comes and working part of the mind. Um, and then just that our, our thinking one time passes, we plan on inspiration. We come to rely upon it. Um, and that's true. That's what I've noticed about myself is that, you know, when some, something's I'm going throughout my day and I'm not sure what to do, I stop and I pause and I ask for guidance and direction. And um, it just seems like it comes. You know, if I just wait, it comes. And, you know, if I continue to do this and practice this spiritual muscle, that's what happens for me. And um, I also think about um, when I'm having a really rough day, um, I've got this written out on my, my phone and I also, when I'm having a really rough day, um, I actually recorded it on my phone in my voice so that I can stop and just listen to it. And it's helped me tremendously. And an example, yesterday, I, I had a rough day yesterday. And, you know, I felt like I was being guided by my higher power what to do. And I took care of business, and I, I intuitively felt like this was the next right thing for me to do. And and I just felt so guided where in the past running the Sherry Show would have never worked. And um, it, this is a lot about, you know, directing my thinking towards what God would have me be and do. And this is so beautiful. Um, and I'm just so grateful for these. These are strict, These are directions. These are guidelines that I'm supposed to be using one day at a time for the rest of my life, and especially when I wake up in the morning and, uh, and be inspired um, with, you know, asking God to direct my day rather than, oh, gosh, what's going to happen now and all that stuff. I notice that my thinking just gets more God-centered than, than it ever has doing it this way than rather doing it the Sherry way. 
And with that, I pass. Thank you. And I hope you guys are going to the convention. <laughs> hey, Sherry. Thanks. Kathleen O, followed by Ashley P. Thank you, Sylvia. Good morning. This is Kathleen O, recovered in California, although currently I am in um, Glacier National Park, just outside of it, where I can get some self, self-service because I love this meeting. Um, so I just, I love these paragraphs. Um, you know, they've really transformed my life when I follow these directions. And, you know, when facing indecision, I frequently face indecision. And it's just so nice to be able to not fight it and just relax and, you know, ask my higher power for some direction. And it doesn't always come at once, but I'll get it. And I don't have to get all crazy in the meantime. And, you know, um, all these directions, it's just, it's, I just wanted to share something really quickly. Yesterday, um, you know, I needed to tell someone my truth. And when I do that, I try to do it as kind and loving as I can. Um, but, you know, even though I did, it didn't go well. This happened to be with my husband. And what was really amazing was um, sometimes he'll use opportunities to get all fired up. And, you know, there was a time when that would just create the biggest the biggest um, upset and, you know, fight and arguing. And what's really amazing is when people around me, you know, including yesterday with my husband, um, are, you know, going off a little, it's, it feels like I am safe and protected and I can stay calm and, you know, I can, I can get through the storm in one piece. Um, in the past, when I go through the storm, I feel like I'd been chewed up and spit out. And, and that didn't happen yesterday. And it was really amazing to me. And, um, so anyway, I just, when I follow these directions, life is so much easier because, you know, sometimes it is challenging and things don't always go my way. And, you know, the best part is I know today that I'm not in control. I don't need to be in control. You know, um, God is in control. And all I have to do is just stay out of the driver's seat and things will almost always work out very well. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Kathleen O. And Ashley P. Hi. This is Ashley P. Recovered in Northern California. Can you hear me? I can, um, but speak directly into your phone. You're a little muffled. Okay. Can you hear me? Or Perfect. I'm speak- okay, good. Um, I'm not going to move because apparently I've <laughs> been dropping my shares. Um really grateful to be on the line this morning um, and really grateful to share on these paragraphs. And I just want to um, welcome the newcomers um, and uh, say that this is um, a really uh, an incredible meeting that you've joined. Um, so yeah, these paragraphs are kind of the cornerstone of my recovery. Um, for a long time, I didn't understand what intuition was and um, I, I kind of, people would talk about having just a sense of what the next thing was to do and having a right sense and, and having intuition, or they would say, follow your intuition. And I just thought, I don't have that. <laughs> I just don't have that. Like, I wasn't born with that. 
Um, but it's really a muscle like anything else that um, I I develop. And um, the way I develop that is through prayer and meditation. Um, and I I really like this paragraph because it basically says that I, I can pray and I can meditate and I can think that I'm following my intuition and I'm still going to make mistakes. Um, and all I know is that when I'm praying and I'm meditating, I'm less likely to make them. And when I do make them, they don't hurt in the way that they used to. And I don't get all rattled in the way that I used to. I don't get thrown off my center as much because I have tools to come back to my center, like doing a 10 step or maybe a four step um, or, or praying and, and meditating and, and asking for guidance. Um, and I, I think about why, one of the reasons, you know, why we get abstinent, the, the many, many reasons. And, and all I know is that prayer and meditation were a part of my life before I, I came into this program, but I could never really feel anything from them. And, and I certainly couldn't do them consistently. And um, I can't have things in my body that um, speed up my mind and um, block me from my higher power because then these tools don't work. Um, so I just am so, so grateful to be absent so that um, these amazing tools have a chance. And, and just to for the newcomers to, to share what this looks like, because I certainly didn't understand what prayer looks, looked like when I, when I first came in. I thought it was weird. And um, I basically, in the morning, I get up and I use the restroom and then I go to the side of my bed and I hit my knees and I say the serenity prayer and then I say the third step prayer and then I say the seventh step prayer. Um, and uh, I ask that my thinking be um, removed from selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and fearful motives. Um, I ask for God's will for me and um, the strength to carry that out, knowledge of God's will for me and the strength to carry that out. And then the new thing that is so great is that I, I'm just beginning to like really pray for other people. Not because anybody told me to, not because I'm trying to be a good person, but because I actually care. Um, and those are kind of the moments where I'm like, oh, this, the, the grace of this program, the changes. I'm such a deeply selfish individual. So to think about praying for other people um, and in that very personal time in the morning is, is huge. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you, Ashley P. And that's all the time we have for sharing. Please stick around. Uh, as soon as the recording's off, we will greet the newcomers. So please stick around. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And would Karen T. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass. 
for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.